Well, about four weeks ago or so, we started a sermon series on the book of Nehemiah. And um, I'm realizing that we've got lots of folks back here for the, the winter months that are ahead of you and so forth. And you might be wondering, what on earth today, by the way, is the crescendo? Today is the final sermon in that five-week-long sermon of Nehemiah. So I'm going to do my best to give you just a quick Reader's Digest. If you look back in your Bible, I mean, open it up that Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, and go all the way back near Kings, 1 Kings and 2 Kings and so forth. You're going to run across a book by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was just a guy doing his job. He was a guy who was several generations within the line of the Israelite people, and he had a great job as a cupbearer in the king's court. And I'm just thinking that he was minding his own business one day and he had a conversation with some countrymen, some fellow Israelite countrymen. And he said to them, how are things going back home anyway? Remember, back home for him would have been several generations ago in Jerusalem and he was finding himself way over in the Persia area, actually in Susa. Well, they told him, not good. In fact, that's an understatement. They told them that the people are living in disgrace. Their lives, the walls, the buildings, everything is all torn down and is just kind of sitting there in rubble. And the folks, they just don't have any morale. They just don't have anything in them to do anything about it anymore except sort of live, exist from day to day. The story of Nehemiah really is that simple. God, working through a couple of other people, called Nehemiah after a lot of prayer and a lot of fasting and a lot of him asking God, oh God, what do you want me to do about this? Nehemiah went back. He did. And he took a huge contingent with him. And he rallied the people. And he split up the families. Just imagine it. Family here, family there, family there. And he assigned them a section of the wall. And he said, we're going to build. Let's go. And instead of the people saying, whoa, whoa, we can't do that, sorry, they sensed the powerful faith and drive of Nehemiah, and they all chipped in. And in a matter of a very short time, they rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. That is about 12 chapters of Nehemiah in a huge nutshell. But what if I told you it was never about the wall. What if I told you it wasn't about the wall, Dick? I mean, they did a good job banding together, but it was about something way bigger than the wall. Let's take a look and see. Bob, if you'd share the Scripture with us today. Our scripture today is Nehemiah 6, 15, 12, 27 through 30 and 43. The wall is finished. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month Elu in 52 days. Dedication of the wall. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, with singing, and with cymbals, harps, and lairs. 
and the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the village of the Netrophites, also from Beth Gilgal, from the regions of Geba and Asmuth, for the singers had built themselves villages around Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves. They purified the people and the gates and the wall. And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Thank you for the reading, Lord. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard far, far away. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our strength, our rock, and our creator. Well, those of you who have been traveling this road with us here the last four to five weeks, actually, um, we've kind of been um, marching through the story of Nehemiah. And indeed, the, the, the short story that I shared at the beginning of this sermon really is indeed the Reader's Digest of how that all unfolded. I invite you, if you ever want to see and read a story, an interesting story of faith, a story that as you read it, you might say to yourself, well, that happened 24, 2,500 years ago. But the more you read the story, the more you're going to realize that it's kind of like your life today. Kind of like our lives today. When we realize that, whoa, wait a minute, I just got way too much in the mail. I got way too much news from the doctor. My phone's rang way too many times. I got way too many jobs to do, and I don't have the body to do those jobs anymore. And you just feel beat up to the point where it's like, I can't do it anymore. That's what was going on with these folks. Circumstances of life were different than yours, but they were still in that place where, I'm sorry, that's not who I am. I can't do that anymore. We all, don't we all go through that at some point in our lives? I wouldn't be surprised if somebody's going through that again this morning. But what if I said, in the midst of all of that wall being built in 52 days, it was never about the wall. It was about a people, God's people, who were exiled years before that. And they were put in a place, and they were cared for, but they still knew it was not their home. So they tried to do the best they could building a life which they knew really ultimately was not really going to be their home. And it really wasn't going to be a place they could call home. It really wasn't going to be a place where they could have peace and comfort. And Taylor, is Taylor in the room? Taylor? Kind of like she talked about that spot that she builds at her closet where she goes and sits down and for peace and comfort. They knew that where they were at, it would never be that. God said through Jeremiah that they were going to be comfortable. Well, he didn't use the word comfortable, but that they would, they would be able to put things in place so that they could worship him. But Jeremiah had also said earlier that, by the way, God's going to restore your fortunes. Zechariah said the same thing. God's going to restore your fortunes. How many times do you and I how many times do we find ourselves in that place? Somebody else calls you up and said, Ah, don't worry about it, Helen. Your fortune's going to be restored. It's all going to be good. And you know, because you're so nice, you smile. But you might not be quite smiling inside. 
the reality part of you might be saying, uh, okay, I'll take it when it comes. You know? It's kind of like that. There's Nehemiah. Nehemiah, Nehemiah is kind of an elite person. He's a cupbearer in the court of the king. But God's going to take him back to his homeland, to Jerusalem, to rebuild the wall. And this is Nehemiah. He goes back and he says to these people, listen, these are these people who life is really tough and they really can't see much for a future. He says to them, I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. And also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, they didn't say, dude, you're crazy. You've had too much wine. Look what they said. Let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. So, Nehemiah says, they began this good work. By the way, this slide's only going to be up here for a minute. There are many of you who have been asking me about the wall itself. Uh, in pastor's study, we beat on Wednesday mornings. I've been sharing with you the dimensions, the proposed dimensions by the archaeologists. There's, uh, especially those of you who are interested, if you've got a smartphone, I'm, I'm going to invite you after the service to run up here. We'll put the slide up. You can take a picture of it. But believe it or not, we had all these various families building this wall. It was 16 to 23 feet wide. That's quite a variance. It was 16 to 25 feet in height. Do you know why? Easy. Look around you. There's people in this room that could probably make the 25, but you know doggone well you're going to do well to hit the 16 when it comes to the height, right? 2,200 feet long. Tim, where are you? I know that you are, you're concerned about the 2,200 feet, but look how thick that wall is. Look how deep it is and how high it is. 52 days? Mercy. Enough about the wall. Because I keep telling you it's not about the wall. It was never about the wall. Never about the wall. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites. The Levites were the priests in all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. Why, somebody? Why would they do that? For this, hmm? Unity? For the same reason that Pastor John now says, Semper Fidelis to God? They wanted to give God thanks. They already knew they had done something marvelous and miraculous, but they knew it was because of the hand of God with them. Their way of doing that was to go get the priests and have them lead the celebration. Okay? For God had made them rejoice with great joy, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. So is the story about Nehemiah and his journey, and God using Nehemiah to help the people see life new, filled with promise, was it about the wall? Okay, you engineer types, I know. I might not be able to convince you it was about something beyond the wall. The wall was nothing more than a tiny little instrument in God's hands. That's all it was. I invite you to think about something in your life. Don't know what it would have been. 
some task that seemed too big that God walked you through. And you were so filled with the thanksgiving and the joy that God had put in your heart that you realized that that was what was important. Giving your life back to God. Seeing God filled with all the promise that He wants to continue to offer us. That it really wasn't about every little brick that you put into place. No, it was never about the wall. This is a quote here from, uh, I believe this guy's like an archaeologist. He says, for years nothing was done, he means to the wall. Why is it that now, with Nehemiah's leadership, why is it now that they get involved? Certainly part of it is the increased vision that the job could be done. Well, I'm the American Westerner in my DNA here. I focus immediately on the job that could get done. Yeah. What's important up there? That's not the important part. Where did they get the increased vision? Where did they get the increased vision? Carol, I see you back there with a big smile on your face. God gave them the increased vision, a vision of hope, a vision of promise, that even though life was difficult, God could and would indeed lead them through it. That's where the power of this is, the increased vision. I find it in my own personal life, Wendy knows this, that the more grateful I am, the way more grateful I am, the more I see God in the world. Right? The more grateful I am, the more I see God all around me. When I thought it was just little on me and nobody was helping me do anything. I invite you today as we kind of, and, and someone's already asked me if I was ready for Thanksgiving. No kidding. As we move kind of into that latter part we're going to start here in a little bit. We're going to move into that latter part of November and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. Start thinking about it early. This, the culmination of the wall is dedicating it in thanks to God. And it's in realizing that their whole life, their whole perspective had changed. I'm sure they looked at that wall and went, hmm, look what we did. No, they did that only for a minute. They said, look what God did through us. They began to see the goodness of life once again. Even in the midst of the hard and the tough struggles, the hard days, they began to see God's presence and power in their very lives. This is from Eric Allen. Most of you can't read that. He is the Bethel music pastor. Look what he writes. Don't chase your dreams. Chase the God who has dreams for you. You see, in my mind, the story of Nehemiah is about chasing dreams. Chasing the dreams that God has for us that God had for Nehemiah. So, here we are, friends. Some of you have already noticed in your bulletin today, there's like a bookmark. Okay? 
I'm inviting you to start the thank you, Ben. Look at you. Got your bookmark ready to go. And you, you're putting it in your pocket, Ben. That's like you're ready to use it, right? Right on. It's a bookmark that you can use anywhere. It's kind of a daily prayer guide. It's actually a daily prayer guide that covers the whole week. And I'm inviting you to be a part of that. I used to call it the Nehemiah prayer guide. That's kind of what it is. Readings from Nehemiah there. There's an invitation there to pray and to dedicate yourself daily. There's also an invitation to take one day a week and fast. Ooh, uh-oh. That's up to everybody to figure out how you might want to fast. But this is an, a kind of an exercise. It's a dedication. They, did, they got the priests together and they dedicated the wall and they realized that hope truly is back in their lives. This is an invitation for us to do the same thing. What is it? Family that prays together stays together? All right, that's what we're going to do. I'm inviting you to use that prayer card over the coming weeks. As we at Yuma First, uh, we're going to build a wall? I don't know. Maybe there's a wall around here that needs to be built. Or maybe there's some... Where are you, Barb? Oh, she, had, she took a do. Okay, all right. I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the project that she's working on some other day then. But... God is calling us. I know He's calling us to be, to have that faithful vision. Not just a sugar plum vision, but a vision that says God's in charge. God will lead our, our, us. God will change our hearts. God will take us into the future unafraid. Start asking yourself, um, where can I serve? Remember one of the sermons was my piece of the wall? Imagine a brick. Where's that brick that you're going to put down? What's your piece of the wall? What are we going to, how are we going to serve together? No. It never was about the wall. Psalm 92 reminds us, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to Your name, O Most High, to declare Your steadfast love in the morning and Your faithfulness by night. Oh, gracious God, we do give You thanks for this day. And we pray that You'd be with us during this time of Holy Communion. We pray that You would come into our hearts, that You be the one to lead us. You be the one to guide us. If it's really not about the wall and not about all the projects around here, perhaps, Lord, it's about knowing You. Knowing all that You give us, and knowing the, the power of new promising life that You offer to each and every one of us here this day. It's in the name of Christ that we always pray. Amen. After we share some prayers, at the Holy Communion table today. The